Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about running with the giants. And 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 really, this this series it started with a book that was written by a man named John Maxwell. He wrote a book by that title, just talking about how the life of the lives of these characters that we've grown up hearing about, like Esther and Moses and Daniel and today Joseph, how they would have reacted if they were running with us today. If they could come out of that great cloud of witnesses and run a lap with us, what they would be saying to us. And so uh, we started with Esther and we, we heard what we felt like that Esther would say, and, and that is God has a place for you and a purpose for you. Then the following week, we talked about Moses and, and, and the message that he would tell us today is uh, when, when problems overwhelm you, abandon safe and live by faith. Don't play it safe, but know that God has got you and that God will help you. Uh, last week, we talked about Daniel and, and, and the, the message that we received there was when uh, the culture around us tries to intimidate or change us. Don't, don't give in. Stand strong on God's word and don't give in to compromises. So I, I've loved preaching these uh, messages, and, and today we preach about a man named Joseph. Uh, before we get into that, this, this whole passage of, of Scripture in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that is the heroes that we're talking about. That's the, the faith warriors that we read about, the hall of faith that we see in that chapter. And then when we get to the 12th chapter, the writer says it like this, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And, and, and when you think about this, the, the cloud of witnesses, we know that they see things from a different perspective, right? I mean, they've made it. They're now in eternity. And if they would look into the temporal, they would have some advice for us that, that we probably couldn't see ourselves, or probably wouldn't understand ourselves, because we're dealing with today and we're dealing with the struggles of today. But, but their perspective is no longer hindered by flesh or by a time clock. They are in eternity and I love how this scripture just brings out that their perspective would be to tell us to lay aside every sin, lay aside every weight. You know, that's something that they would be so uh, quick to tell us, but then also just to run with patience. Don't give up and don't give out, but just continue the path that God has got you on to see what God would accomplish in your life. And and if Joseph, if somehow he could leave the cloud and run this race with us for a lap and walk beside us and help us, I, I wonder what he would say. And when I think about Joseph, I, I think about somebody that is, he's got a powerful story. As a matter of fact, over half of the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, is devoted to the story of Joseph and everything that he went through and how it set up Israel uh, in the land of Egypt. He was uh, the son 
of the man that we know as Jacob, whose name God turned to Israel. So this is the beginning of the nation, and and Jacob was his 11th son, and uh, he was also his favorite son. I, I know how he feels. I was my mother and father's favorite son. I They loved me, and uh, they often told me that I was their favorite son. I was the only son also, so it was pretty much... An easy thing to do. My, my daughter, uh, Lace, is our youngest, and, and I, I've had a lot of opportunity to spend time with her over the last seven years while her brothers have been off and been married, and so it's just been Nancy and Lace and I many, many times, and she'll often say, Dad, go ahead. You can tell me that I'm your favorite. And I always tell her, you are my favorite. And then I'll pause maybe a minute maybe five minutes, maybe even an hour, and then I'll just look at her and say, daughter. And it is true. She is my favorite daughter. But Jacob was in a different story. He had 11 other brothers, and he was the favorite of his, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph had 11 other brothers, and he was the favorite of his father. As a matter of fact, he got very special treatment, even to the place where his father dressed him in a very distinctive wardrobe so that all of the other brothers would know that, that he was at the top of the list. And, and, um, and, and not only was he a favorite of Jacob, he was someone that the anointing of God was on. And so when we look at the story of Joseph, here's what we see. We see God speaking dreams to him and giving him visions and giving him this incredible uh, promises. And, and, and even though God had spoken great dreams to him, uh, when we really look at his story, we find that his life did not go anywhere close to what he thought it would go. It, it didn't go the way that he planned or the way that he anticipated. As a matter of fact, he took a 28-year detour through a lot of really rough times and and disappointing moments, and he was lied on, he was forgotten, he was rejected, and and, and really, I, I prayed about it this morning, and I just thought, I want to dedicate this sermon, everybody listen to me today, I want to dedicate this sermon to everybody whose life has not gone the way that you planned for it to go. I want to preach to you that your life has maybe even gone the opposite way. Maybe, maybe you have come into one of the buildings today just, just ready to check out because uh, maybe your marriage is falling apart or, or maybe you're disappointed in things that are happening in the lives of your children or your parents or, or maybe there's problems or uncertainty or chaos that is surrounding your life and and I really felt like that the Lord wanted me to preach this sermon for you. And, and I know that there are some people that are in our buildings today that are saying, you know, that's not me. Everything's good, Pastor. I'm just going to check out and think about something else. And you go ahead and preach to all those people. And, and this is what I would say. I encourage you to listen and to take notes because if today is not the day that you're going through that, you're probably going to go through it soon. Amen. And, and, and I heard one pastor say one time, uh, Pastor, why don't you be positive when you say that kind of thing? So I want to be positive. I'm positive that you're going to need this message one day. I'm positive. 
because that's how life is and that's how life goes. And so what would Joseph say to us today? And I believe that what Joseph would say is when life isn't turning out the way you planned, when life isn't turning out the way you planned, don't give up on your dreams. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't give up on your dreams. Now, now, when I say don't give up on your dreams, I, I, I know that there are times that we have all been discouraged. Everybody in the building that's had discouraging moments, let me see your hand. We, we've all been discouraged. And, and uh, as I was thinking about this, I, I started thinking about all of the times that I've had discouraging times in my life. And, and I had to just say, Lord, I'm thankful that I have a, a, a short memory about those things because if I kept them stacked up on top of me, I don't, I don't know what I would do. But God is so good to bring us in and out of situations and then help us to move past them. And, and, and I know this, that if I were to sit down today and make a list of all of my discouraged moments that, that, that have happened in my life, it would almost be over overwhelming. And I think everybody's that way. Everybody in this room, if you sat down and just went through your life all the way back from when you can remember, there, there's a long list of things that we want to give up on or, or that we are discouraged about, but we cannot give up. And I want to start this message of, about Joseph by, by reading about him in the book of Genesis chapter 37. I'll read a couple of verses here and there and tell the story of Joseph as I go. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. I want you to notice that. They said they hated him even more. They already hated him. That they were already in a situation where they didn't care anything for him. They didn't like him. There was things that had happened. There was the, the treatment that he had received from his father that had turned their minds against him. And, and, and now he comes and he starts telling them this dream. And, and as he's telling the dream, they start hating him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Now, for all of us city people that don't know what a sheaf is, think about a hay field when they bundle up the hay. You know how they bundle the hay up in those bales of hay? Anybody ever seen that? Well, when they would cut wheat, they would bind them in these sheaves. It would just be a big group of the wheat tied together. And so he's telling them in this dream, we're all sheaves of wheat. And I'm standing there and all of you bow down to me. That, that, that's probably went over like um, a flock of dogs. It didn't fly in that particular situation. And, and it really caused them to have this hatred against Joseph and and later we find that, that Jacob has sent Joseph to check on his brothers and they weren't at the place that they were um, reported to be. And so he pursued them on and, and he finally sees them and they see him coming from a distance. And in verse number 19, this is what they said. Then they said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. I, I don't believe this was a term of endearment for them. I think that when they said dreamers, there was um, a lot of animosity. And, and, and read the next verse, come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him to, into some pit and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him 
and we shall see what will become of his dream. That, that was their plan. Fortunately, there was one older brother that talked them out of it. They ended up grabbing Joseph and throwing him in this pit called a cistern. And, and then they saw this caravan that was going to Egypt and they actually sold him into slavery. They actually said, we would rather him be gone and live the life of a slave instead of li- living with us and constantly reminding us how uh, he is special. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, and I don't think a doubt in anybody's mind, that when Joseph was telling these dreams, he actually was hearing from God. He was actually hearing something that God was saying. I think he lacked some communication skills and probably didn't approach it very wisely when he was talking to others about what he had seen and what God was talking to him about. But, but uh, I, I think that when we look at him and we hear what God was saying to him and we see his life, then he is qualified to talk to us today. He is a giant that we should listen to. He is a person that understands and knows some of the things that maybe we're going through. And so I want to just talk to you a little bit about what I think he would say. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. And I think the first thing he would say is don't give up on your dreams even if you didn't start out well. Even if you didn't start out well. I, 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 I know I didn't start out well. And I know there's a lot of people that didn't start out well. I, I know there's a lot of people that, that the beginning of your life is full of uh, mistakes and failures and swing and a miss. You know, we, we have those issues in our life. And, and, and one of the problems with those issues that we all have is that we can't forget them because we have an accuser of the brethren that is constantly reminding us of those things. We, we have these mistakes in our past and, and, and we're constantly be rem, being reminded of those by the enemy of our soul because he doesn't want us to be successful. And he doesn't want us to do what God has called us to do. He doesn't want us to achieve the dreams that God has put in our heart. And, and if you think about it for a few minutes, you, you'll remember that, that when you were not pursuing your dreams or you weren't living for God, the accuser was actually somebody that brought affirmation. <laughs> you're not that bad of a guy. You know, you, you, you're all, you, I mean, you haven't murdered anybody. I mean, how, how bad can you be? You know, you, you, you don't really need all that religious stuff and, and, and you're just as good as the guy next to you and, and you are okay. That, that's the words of someone that is bringing us affirmation when we are trapped in our life of sin. And it's amazing how that voice will turn the moment we start following Jesus Christ. The moment we start walking with him and trying to be sensitive to the spirit, then those words of affirmation turn into words of accusation. You're not a good person. You are a hypocrite. Has anybody ever thought I'm being a hypocrite? Let me just see your hand. I know that I've thought it many times because we all have issues that we're dealing with And when we get in the presence of God, we realize that those are shortcomings. God doesn't reveal them to us so that we can be condemned. He reveals them to us so we can be convicted and walk into repentance over and over again. It's easy for us to get into a place where we're trying to do good and the accuser comes and says, remember what you've done. You're a horrible sinner. 
Look at the mistakes that you made. Look at the things that you have done. You, you are still messed up. You see, this is what he does. He accuses us before God, but it doesn't phase God because God loves us and God knows that he's forgiven us. And God knows that he's redeemed us and that he's purchased our salvation by the blood of the cross. So because it doesn't phase God, the accuser is trying to find somebody that he can talk to. And he comes and he talks to us. He comes and talks to people that are flawed. Any flawed people in the buildings today? I, I know I'm flawed. And as we see those flaws, he tries to make us doubt, give up, give in, surrender. And I just will tell you, the, the giants that we're talking about, so many of them were messed up. So many of them. As a matter of fact, it's almost overwhelming the amount of people that God uses in the Bible that were adulterers and murderers and liars and, and all kind of issues that they had in their life. I mean, I mean, think about the Apostle Paul, how he was a man that was a, a zealot to put the Christians to death. He was a persecutor. And when, when God found him on the road to Damascus, he was on his way to actually torture and, and, and arrest Christians. And, and, and think about how when Paul became the, the one that was preaching the gospel, how the accuser would come to him and try to destroy his walk with God and his ministry. I know that because Paul writes about it in many different places. He alludes to his past and talks about how he's got to reach forward and forget those things which are behind. And one passage of scripture I really love is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 through 13. And he, this, this is Paul speaking to Timothy and he tells him, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, a, a, an insolent man, and I but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. It, it's time today for us to don't give, don't give up on your dreams, even if you didn't start well, because God still has it and quit listening to the voice of the accuser. I think the next thing that Joseph would say is don't give up on your dreams even when those closest to you don't support you. Even with those you love don't support you. I, I know looking at my own life and talking to so many people throughout my time as a pastor, we get distracted because we have people that criticize us. We, we get distracted because somebody somewhere has said something bad about us. Or we get distracted because someone has judged us. Someone has mocked us. And uh, someone has said that we're not all that we think that we are. Whatever it is. And, and sometimes those words come from the people that we are closest to. Sometimes those words come from people that we love. And that we thought loved us. And how painful it is. That, that's a type of rejection that is so painful. It, it, it's overwhelming. And of course, we know that Joseph had that same rejection. But Joseph wasn't the only one. Jesus experienced the same type of rejection. 
even though the miracle took place of the the birth and and the message that Mary received from the angel and the miracles that she saw uh, in the life of Jesus, there was still those moments of doubt and and there were sure the moments of doubt in his brothers and sisters. The the scripture tells us in Mark chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, when when, uh, we we see Jesus trying to minister in in the place that he grew up, they're saying, well, isn't this the carpenter? Uh, isn't this isn't this the son of Mary, the brother of James and and, and Joseph and Judah and and Simeon and, and and are not his sisters with us here today? And, and those brothers and sisters felt the same way. Well, they, they came to Jesus one time and and tried to talk him. Hey, you know, c- come on, come on back home. You, you, you need to leave, leave this foolishness behind because you, you're talking crazy. They they tried to convince them. But tried to convince Jesus. And, 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 and when it talks about the, the people that were there in Nazareth, it says, and they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Uh, I think Joseph... Uh, in the dark days that he had. And, and, and because I know the story and I've read the book, I, I know that there was a lot of times that Joseph was just by himself. I know that he was rejected by his family. I know, I know that he was imprisoned. I know that there was probably many, many thousands of hours that Joseph sat somewhere by himself. And I can promise you, knowing human nature that there was many times that he agonized over the treatment that he had received at the hands of his brothers. I I don't see that he hated them. I I don't see that he despised them. I I don't see any of that. When I read the story of Joseph, I just see that he had heard from God and was so exuberant about what God was telling him that he wanted to share it. And in sharing that, he caused them to be so full of anger towards him. I don't see that he asked his dad, let me be your favorite son. That was just something that happened. And, and, and I know personally how much I love my sisters. I know how much I depend upon them, how much I lean upon them for help and, and, and advice and counsel. And, and, and it's just been something about my life. The three of us have had such a, a tight, relationship and love with one another. I I can't imagine what it would be like to sit off in a prison somewhere knowing that my sisters had betrayed me, rejected me, thrown me out, sold me into slavery. I I know he had some dark times. I, I know he had some moments where he probably thought words of vengeance perhaps even words of curses against them and, and, and railed against them. I, I, I don't know that for a fact because it's not in the Bible, but human nature tells me there had to be some anger there when he would look at his situation. But the thing that I love about the story of Joseph is that he didn't give up. Now I'm going to tell you again today, don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams, even if you didn't start out well. And don't give up on your dreams, even if those closest to you rejected you. And the third thing is don't give up on your dreams, even if your journey is full of surprises. Because that's definitely the what he had in his life. He had surprises. 
He, he, he had these dreams from God, and, and in the dreams, it never show, showed the, the slavery moment or the, the episode in prison, and it, it never showed that part of his life. And I got to thinking about this today, and, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. There may be somebody in the room today or, or on one of our campuses that will prove me wrong, but I don't know of anybody whose life has gone the way that you planned for it to go. We, we've all had situations where there was a curveball thrown to us. We, we've all had situations where things went off course, where there were detours in our life. And, and, and even though our journey may be full of surprises, we cannot give up. We cannot give up on our dreams. I, 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 let me just read through this list of the life of Joseph. And I want you to hear how many times he could have been at that moment where he said, that's it. I'm done. First of all, we've already talked about it. He's completely misunderstood by his brothers and his father. He has suffered the death of his mother at a young age. He is sold into slavery. And I, I know that he gets into slavery and he finds favor in Potiphar's household. As a matter of fact, he rises to the top and is over all of Pharaoh's household until Pharaoh's, I'm sorry, Potiphar's wife says, I, I want you to lay with me. I want you to have a relationship, a sexual relationship with me to the place where she grabbed a hold of him and said, come lay with me. And he said, I can't do this and ran, great advice, run, leaving his cloak behind him. And, and guess what happens? She, she lies. She said, look, this guy, Potiphar, look, this guy that you brought into our house and given this authority, he raped me. That, that, that's a pretty strong accusation. And, and if there was ever a day that you say, that's it, I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. This is a give up day. Because he's now thrown into prison and, and, and he doesn't give up. He gets into prison and he's the same person, he's consistent, and he rises to the top of the prison system where he's over everything. And, and because of that, he's, he's brought in contact with this guy who is the chief cupbearer of the Pharaoh, and, and he has this dream. And, and guess what? De uh, Joseph is able to interpret the dream for him. And as he interprets the dream and the cup holder is leaving prison and going back to serve the Pharaoh, this is what Joseph says, hey, don't forget me. And guess what happened? He forgot him. And he spent two more years in prison. Two more years until finally God gave Pharaoh a dream about the next 14 years in that whole region. And he's looking for an interpretation of the dream. And the cupbearer says, oh, wait a minute. Now I remember. And, and, and of course, God uses it. He becomes the second in command in Egypt. And, and now it's, it's hunky-dory. Now it's, it's all good. Now he's large and in charge. But, but if you look at the list I just went through, there's twice as many events that take place in his life that are give up moments than there are go on moments. There's twice as many events that took place in his life where he could have said, I give up other than the go on moments that he received. And I really think that's probably a pretty good average for all of us. We probably have more give up moments than we have go on moments. 
we probably have moments where we say, that's it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Does anybody understand what I'm preaching about? Those give up moments, we've all faced them. They've all been there. I'm thankful for the go on moments, but those give up moments are hard to go through. But when Joseph is in those moments, the thing that is amazing is he says, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to continue to live the way that God has called me to live, even though the give up moments are greater than the go on moments. If you have a dream from God, don't give up on it, even if your life is full of surprises. Even if your journey goes directions that you didn't know it was going to go. I I want you to look at this scripture and it's the book of Romans chapter eight and verse 28. And and, and I want you to look at those, uh, the the two words, the the second and the third word there. Will you just read those with me? We know. I'm gonna give you another chance because maybe I wasn't clear in my communication and, and you didn't realize that I was talking about you know. So I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. Can we read that together? We know. Now let me read this verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. And and I've just got a question for you today. How do we know? (laughs) If we have more give up moments than we have go on moments, how do we know that all things are going to work for the good. I'll tell you how we know, and I'll tell you why the writer said this. He said it because we might not know what the circumstances are, and we might not know what the events are, but we know who our God is. We may not understand why we are in the mess that we're in, but we know a God who is able to deliver us. And I'm standing here as a pastor today to tell you, I've seen the delivering hand of God in my life. I know that if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Surely we have witnesses in all of our locations that God has brought you out. Somebody give praise unto the Lord. Somebody give me a testimony that even though the circumstances were bad, you knew that God would see you through because you knew who God was. I think that's what Joseph holds on to. I I think that he's in the middle of these situations that are give up situations. And in the back of his mind, he's saying, but I know who God is and I know what God said to me and I'm going to keep on going. And I will be the first to admit that there are many things that we don't know. There's many things that I don't know. And I've stood in those moments as a pastor, as a father, as a son, as a friend. And and I've talked to people that I love and I've said, I I don't know why this has happened. I, I don't know why you're going through this. 
I don't know why this is a battle that has just uh, engulfed your life. I I don't know why you've lost this person, or I don't know why this accident has happened. I I don't know why these things are happening, but I know this, that my God has never left me nor forsaken me, and I know this, that what he's doing in my life, he's going to work it for the good. But we know We know all these things. We know that God is at work. And we know that he hasn't forgotten us. I want you to to hear this again. Don't give up on your dreams. If you didn't start well, don't don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. If if those closest to you don't support you or or perhaps have rejected you, don't don't give up on your dreams. Don't don't give up on your dreams if your life has taken some surprising turns that you don't understand. Don't don't give up on your dreams. And and don't give up on your dreams even if it takes a long time to see them come true. To realize the dreams that God has given you. Oh my goodness, he strolls into that field as a 17-year-old boy covered with this beautiful coat. This is the dream that the Lord has given me. Fast forward 28 years later. 28 years later. You're talking about a long time. He's in limbo between those years. Many of those years are spent as a servant or a slave. Many of those years are spent as a prisoner. And then finally, God gives the Pharaoh this incredible dream of seven lean years and seven great years of harvest. And he can't understand it. And finally, Joseph is brought before him. And Joseph interprets the dream. This is what's going to happen, king. We're going to have seven years where there is so much harvest, it's going to be everywhere. We're going to have a a bountiful supply of everything that we want, but it's going to be followed by seven hard years of famine where people are going to die. And the, and the Pharaoh says, look, we got to have, we got to do something. You're in charge. And for seven years, if you follow the history and the, and the plan that Joseph had, he not only stockpiled enough food for that nation and nations around, he also made the Pharaoh the richest and most powerful man in the world. Now he is in charge and the whole region is looking for him. The whole region is coming and asking for food. And, and on one particular day, they call him in, and there's 11 brothers, 10 brothers. I'm sorry, Benjamin hadn't made the trip yet. There's 10 brothers, and guess what they're doing? They're kneeling before him. They don't, walk, they don't recognize him because he is walking like an Egyptian. That is the second time I've been able to use that reference in this series. I almost sang it today, but I decided not to. He's dressed like an Egyptian. The Bible says he's even speaking the language of the Egyptians. They don't know him. You know what they think? They think they actually sent him off to his death. They have been living with 28 years of guilt and now he stands before them and the moment is coming when God has said this is what was going to happen and it's happening. Don't give up on your dreams even if it takes a long time for it to get here. 
when Habakkuk was so confused about the things that were going to happen, he started talking to God. And this is what God said to him in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. The vision is for a future time. Oh, my Lord, help us to see, God, you're always working through us for the next generation, for the next thing that you're going to do. Help us to not be satisfied where we're at, but to see what you've got for us next. It, 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 he, he goes on to say, it describes the end and it will be fulfilled if it seems slow in coming. Will you say that with me? Slow in coming. Has anybody ever felt like what the Lord said he was going to do for you was slow in coming? Let me just see your hand. Yeah. And this is probably your favorite passage of Scripture forever. You probably have this on your refrigerator. Wait patiently. My favorite scripture ever said no one anywhere. We, we don't want to wait patiently. We want it now. But if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Now the delay there is not our timing. It's God's timing. He's telling us the dream is going to take place, but it's going to be on my timing. And, and, and here he stands in front of these brothers that threw him into slavery, and the dream is realized. Now, now I'm going to end with just three short statements of what Joseph would tell you today. The words of encouragement. I know his big message would don't be give up on your dreams. But if he was able to whisper in your ear, he would say, first of all, you need to focus on what's happening in you and not to you. You, you. you need to focus on what's happening in you, not to you. And so many times where we lose what God wants to do in our life is because we focus on what's happening to us and not what God is trying to work in us. And I know that the story of Joseph is not a beautiful story, but I'll tell you this, through every one of those give up moments, God is working. Through every one of those moments where it's like throw in the towel and give up, God is working. This is what I say, Lord, help us to focus on what's taking place inside so I can learn this lesson and move past the, mis the situation that I'm in right now. Because all things work for good. This is what Simon Peter wrote, 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7. So be truly glad. Everybody say glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Everybody say joy. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine, that it is being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Just, just another perspective. James says it this way in James 1, 2, and 3. My brethren, count it all joy. Everybody say joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. God, what do you want us to learn? What, what trial do you have us in at this moment that you're just trying to bring something, 
test us, bring us forth like pure gold. Another thing that Joseph would say is he would encourage us that your response to the offense determines your future. The response to the offense determines your future. I want to speak to every dream that God has given to every person in all of our locations. Resentment will kill that dream. Resentment will destroy what God wants to do in your life. Resentment will tear down the future of what God has for you. Here Joseph is, standing on this world stage of Egypt, second only to the Pharaoh. And there are 10 brothers that I would imagine from some time or another, he's thought, if I ever get them, if, if I ever get a chance, they're going to pay. And instead of resentment, instead of revenge, he sees this is the fulfillment, God, of what you have promised me. And instead of letting resentment destroy the future, because God gave him those dreams, not so that he would be high and lifted up. God gave him those dreams because he was going to be the salvation of his family and of the nation of Israel. This is what he says. Genesis 50, 20 and 21. But as for you, you meant it evil against me. There was no good in your intentions towards me. You, you, you meant to do me harm. But God, I, I, I can see beyond what you've done and I can see that God is at work even when we don't know that He's working. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many lives. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Listen to those words. Your response to offense determines your future. And the last thing, Mike already touched on it today. I thought I'd have to tell him to be quiet because he was going to preach my message. The last thing that I believe that Joseph would encourage us is every dream has a tough time. But remember, God is always with you. Every dream has a tough time. But remember, God is always with you. God is with you in the middle of the problems. God is with you in the middle of the uncertainty. God is with you in the middle of chaos. God is with you. The promise is I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And no matter what we face, no matter what calamity of the moment we face, and I don't know why they happen, but I do know that God is with us. And I don't know why we have to go through them, but I do know that God is with us.
And while I may not understand why they've happened, I do know that God is with us. Will you say it with us, with me? God is with us. Will you stand with me? And, and in just a moment, I'm going to turn the campuses back over to our worship teams. But I really felt to, lead, to read a couple of verses to you today. I, I've, I wanted to close with just the Word of God. And I want you to listen to this. I'm really praying that in this moment, that if you're going through problems, uncertainty, or chaos, that, that you would let these scriptures just penetrate deep into your heart and that you would find comfort and peace and even healing. Psalms 139, 8 and 10. Listen to these words. As a matter of fact, in all the campuses, why don't, why don't you just close your eyes, shut, shut out everything else out. Just, just listen to my voice as I read these scriptures. If I ascend into heaven, you, God, are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Just keep your eyes closed. One more scripture and then I want to pray for you. Psalms 46 and 1. God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble dear Lord thank you so much for your word thank you dear Lord that we could hear from this giant today and thank you dear Lord that he blazed a trail for us that have received the dreams and the visions from you oh God that that no matter what happens, we should never give up. I'm praying for a group of people, dear Lord, and I know that there are many people that are in this room. They have dreams that they have received from you, dreams about their children, dreams about a ministry, dreams about their marriage, dreams, oh God, that have they've come from you. And dear Lord, I just pray today every person that is listening and hearing my voice they would just have a determination I am not going to give up because I know that you are with me no matter what happens no matter what comes my way and today dear Lord I cast down the spirit of doubt I I cast it down Lord We believe you no matter what the circumstances. We know that all things work for good because we know who you are. I cast down the spirit of resentment. And God, that's such a powerful weapon that the enemy uses against us. Because so many times the resentment we have is... It seems to be justified. It seems to be warranted because of the situations that we've gone through. But... God, this is what we know. We know that resentment will destroy what you actually want to do. You are a God of love and your ministry comes through love. 
And we have to operate in love. So I pray right now that resentment would be destroyed and that people would love one another. They would love you and that they would operate in the spirit of love. I just pray right now, dear Lord, that no matter what is taking place in people's lives, that you, oh God, would go with us every step of the way and that you would comfort us and lead us and guide us. I pray it in Jesus' name. Will you just lift your hands now and all of our campuses and let's love the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, dear Lord, that you are there, present with us, a very present help in the time of trouble. Thank you, dear Lord.